Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. What a special time of the year. Here we are Christmas week. What an opportunity for us to uh, to give thanks and enjoy an amazing week, hopefully with family and friends. I really enjoyed that conversation with Kendra Simpson at the Mississippi Aquarium. What they're doing has really kind of stood the test of time so far, overcoming the pandemic and all the hurricane threats and the stuff that they're doing and to have success and the way it connects these days with Harbor Lights down at Jones Park. What a what a magical time of the year. I hope their 2022 goes as well as their 2021 has gone. Uh, without any further ado, let's move over to my next guest, my dear friend, Dave Dennis. Um, he is the owner of Specialty Contractors, but, but how I know him is in the community. Uh, anyway, before we go any further, let me say hello, Dave. How are you doing, Ricky, my friend? Good morning to you. Merry Christmas. Good to, yeah, same to you, man. Same to you. Well, you know, I was thinking, Dave, we have how you and I got to know each other, and we had a full Coast View session together, but how we got to know each other is our work in the community. We, we've always either been on the Gulf Coast Council Board or Chamber Boards or any number of other nonprofit boards over the, a long period of time. We worked really closely together after the after the hurricane on the Governor's Commission on Recovery, Rebuilding, and Renewal. You've, you've been involved in the Federal Reserve. You've, I mean, literally, I, I say this all the time, though. You know, I, I think about people like Robert St. John, who <laughs> is super busy and has formed this extra table and writing books and doing TV shows and all this stuff. But I often say is that if you want something done, you got to find a busy person to do it. And uh, you have you've been a guy who says yes an awful lot, haven't you? Uh, many, many times, sometimes uh, with a little reticence later. But uh, the answer is generally going to be yes. If I can get to yes, it's going to be yes. Yeah, I know. I know that's the way you are. Um, hey, look, um, look, just before we get any further, let's tell people about specialty contractors, what kind of a company it is. And you have uh, you have your kids involved. In oh, the my business goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah we're we're a, a 60 year old company, second generation with children in here, third generation of commercial interior work. We've done probably 11,000 commercial and industrial jobs, primarily interior work. If, if you look at most um, I would say institutional buildings, hospitals, churches, schools, um, casinos, pick something. Uh, any building you see, we probably have worked on it over time, doing suspended ceilings and uh, metal stud drywall, just interior architectural packages that uh, carried us a long way. We're working in probably five or six states right now. So it's, it's, a, it's a good company. And fortunately, both children are working in here. Daughter Kate is in here and son Patrick. And it's it's a blessing to have them in here, and it's uh, certainly uh, makes me look like I know what I'm doing on occasion. But it's truly them carrying the load at this point, which is great. Well, your kids are incredibly well educated, so take a second and brag on them. Well, if you want me to brag, I'll brag. Uh, uh, Kate is in here. She is a Wake Forest girl, Ole Miss Law. Practiced with Boston Bingham for a couple, of, two, three years in Atlanta. Came into the company, Patrick Washington and Leaf, Phi Beta Kappa, Ole Miss Law. Uh, passed the CPA in one sitting, and Kate is also a real estate broker. So it's a pretty good package for having both of them in here. Just a total, the total realm of, of construction and and uh, honestly, just running a business. So it's it's a joy being in here. They get it. They understand the dynamics of of capitalism and also community service and and giving back. And they do indeed understand service above self. And both of them are doing it. And it's uh, it's a treat to have them here. And uh, 
um, it, it does indeed make my life a whole lot easier. And they're makes, creating it actually, it actually makes the company run. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're creating a family for you. What a, what a wonderful, oh, yeah. it's fun watching those families expand. Uh, well, like you grandkids have, uh, have come on the scene and they're currently five that are six and under and it's, uh, it's a joy and what a magical time, uh, Christmas is. It's just, uh, the magic's in the air. It's already in the air. It's been in the air for a couple of weeks. And, uh, we have an elf called Edgar where Edgar appeared yesterday. Edgar just magically appears. He's about a three foot tall elf that just suddenly appears, uh, this time of year. And, uh, Edgar made his, his debut for the year, uh, actually this morning at the breakfast table with a couple of grandkids. Wow. So, Wow. All cool. That's, All cool. Well, you're one of three commissioners on the uh, Gulfport Biloxi uh, International Airport Authority, and uh, you serve with two amazing former military leaders. But you, you've got a good team there, don't you? Oh, my goodness, yes, Ricky. Uh, uh, retired three-star General Clark Griffith on one side when I've chaired, and uh, Brigadier General Joe Spragans on the other side. It is arguably a, a, a board that... Uh, the the correct answer is pretty easily achieved, and uh, we moved through it pretty well. The airport is actually increasing in uh, the ridership, so to speak, the employments, deployments. We're almost at the 2019 level. All of us certainly took a hit. Um, in March of 2020, between March and April, we dropped down to about 4% of the ridership because of COVID. Well, that's back up. Depends on, on which airline, depends on which route and so forth. But just as sort of a, a broad brush total, probably at 80 to 90 percent of pre-COVID numbers, which is pretty strong. And uh, the last time I looked, we had the largest ridership going in and out of that airport in the state. Now, that could change. It could have changed uh, through the end of November. I've not looked at November numbers, but generally speaking, Gulfport and Jackson go hand in hand and Gulfport sort of led the pack and it's it's phenomenally well-run airport uh, not because of the commissioners because of the staff and the management that runs it and uh, it's it's plushing up and, and I would just say doing extraordinarily well. Well Clay Williams is an is a regular here on Coast View and he's done yeah. through the whole pandemic has done a great job of describing the, each iteration of the challenges, you know, so many unknowns when we first got into the pandemic, we had, we really didn't know what to expect. But what we came to understand about our, our airport, and you can speak to this a little bit, is that certainly have tourists and certainly have business, but we are lucky to have significant military presence here. They use the, the airport and then the relationship with the casinos. When you add it all together, the diversification and I mean, it's pretty significant, isn't it? Well, it, it really is, Ricky, and the, and the casinos charter direct with the airlines. That's not, uh, it's a function of they land at the airport and the charter actually lands at the airport. So the, the contracts are not with the casinos. They're uh, generally through the airport, uh, through the airlines themselves. So it is an extremely good relationship. And, you know, we're trying to put people on the coast and, and I think doing a pretty darn good job of it. Uh, the military mix, what a strong uh, partner uh, truly, the Air Guard, uh, Keister uses it as an alternate field, and, and many people uh, have come into there. Air Force One's landed there. I don't, I don't know how many times, but it's, um, it's really a phenomenal facility. And you're right, Clay is—he's uh, the right guy in the right place at the right time, and we're fortunate to have him. And, and his whole team at the airport is is exceptional. He's cool, calm, and focused is the way I would describe him. You know, at a time when. I mean, really, the bottom had dropped out well, in airlines. Well, it had. You, you, yeah. People were, were very concerned about getting on planes, whether it was wiped down, whether it's sanitized, uh, mask, no mask, you know, th those kind of uh, concerns that were going on. And, and 
I will say, Clay grabbed the bull by the horns. Uh, the airport has stayed very sanitized, very clean, and the team there takes a lot of pride in, in cleaning it. You walk in most airports and then compare it to this one, and you're going to be hard-pressed to find one you're not more comfortable just walking through. Forget it's your hometown one. You'll be very, very hard-pressed to find one that you think is really truly just more comfortable to be in, more friendly. It's well, one of the things that one of the things that you and I worked together on after Hurricane Katrina was to manage the FUD factor, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that came to our market yeah. as a result of Katrina. We spent a lot of time communicating and giving speeches about it. You know, working hard to support efforts like to go ahead and go forward with expanding and improving the airport, expanding and improving the Coliseum. Yeah. Don't take any of those things off the fast track. Let's get those elements together because it, it's going to be the accumulation of these commitments that give give Coastal Mississippi a chance to come back. But the role that the airport played in our recovery is pretty darn significant, isn't it? Well, it, it is because it was a gateway. It was a gateway for the president to come in. It was a gateway for many of the visitors to come in. And the foundations, the nonprofits and foundations that wanted to help with the rebuilding effort to help fund rebuilding, to help place resources where they needed to be, that's where they came through. Uh, roads were a little bit dicey, certainly, but the airport was open and the the rental car agency, so to speak, came back into play pretty quickly. So, yes, it was a gateway for most uh, for most of the visitors to come in. The meaningful visitors that came in and really uh, put their resources and put their efforts here. Many of them drove down. You certainly knew the uh, uh, North Carolina uh, Baptist men that they may or may not have been Baptist. They may or may not have been from North Carolina, but that was their, their name. So they came in mostly driving. But it, it, it has been a tremendous link, Ricky, for yeah. really for uh, showcasing the, the almost a picture window of the coast, so to speak, coming in. There's a lot to talk about, but I, I wanted to mention, since we're on the, sort of that theme of the military, I noticed where you and Cindy had the opportunity to spend some time with a 97-and-a-half-year-old World War II veteran, John Kelly. Tell me about that. Uh, well, in June, John Kelly turned 97. He's at Seashore Highlands, where my late wife Jane was. Uh, but John is the most phenomenal person. Uh, Cindy Walker and I have known him a long time. We went out and picked him up. Uh, a couple of days after his 97th birthday, Glenn Mueller with RPM Pizza had arranged in for us to go down to the World War II Museum. Glenn's probably made 80 trips into that museum, but we uh, we picked him up and we've been down there a few times. We go in there with him and John, who is a dear friend, actually had uh, supper with him last night at a Boy Scout dinner. And uh, uh, interestingly, took him down there. He used a walker only because he felt like if there were a lot of people around, he wanted to just be stable. But John at 97 is using FaceTime. He uses FaceTime Live. He texts. He calls. He uses an iPhone. You think we're techno savvy. You better guess again. He is, uh, he is on cue. Uh, Dave, yeah. let's do this. When we come back on the other side, I want to hear about that experience at the World War II Museum with John Kelly. That What a great story. It, this is it, Dave It's a phenomenal story. Yeah. We'll see you after this break. Sound Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. You know, one of the benefits of having been uh, involved in the community for many, many years as, you know, working for the Sun-Herald and ultimately as the Sun-Herald publisher was the, the fact that I got to work with so many incredible people. I mean, so many. And, uh, you know, when I was retired for that four and a half, you're still retired, but I do Coast View. But during that four and a half years, I enjoyed taking a deep breath and kind of clearing my head. I had forgotten, though, number one, how much I had learned as a publisher. And second, I had forgotten how much I enjoyed connecting with people. Well, one of the people I never lost connection with is Dave, even during those four and a half years. But Dave and I did... I mean, we just did so much in a community together. Dave, I can remember the time when you and I were on our way up to Jackson for a meeting. And I said, you know, one day I might be publisher of the Sun-Herald. And you said, well, you know what? One day I might be governor. And I became publisher and you almost became governor. I got, it's, I got, I got lucky as, as my uh, late friend, Jack Reed, who passed away at 93, told me in, in Tupelo one night. I said, Mr. Jack, why did you not get elected governor in 1987? He said, because I just got lucky. Well, I think I got lucky. So I got to live my life and uh, and continue to do things in the community, continue to lead a private life. And I'm going to do public service, public activity, and and generally try to build a community up, whether it's from an elected position or from a private sector. It doesn't make any difference. So, And it you know, helped you, helped you as a, as a community leader to go across this state, to see the challenges oh of our state, to see the yeah. passion of our state, to see why we at the heart and soul of Mississippians is a resiliency and a hospitality orientation that literally is contagious. And you saw that every day, didn't you? Every, every, every day, Jane and I drove all over. We never flew because we would certainly schedule three and four stops. Kate, my daughter, uh, did a lot of the scheduling and, and it was it was incredible going around and the people in Tupelo, the people in Issaquina County, they want the same thing. So grandmother sitting on a porch in Tunica wants the same thing as a grandmother sitting on a porch in Biloxi. They yeah. want their grandkids to have an opportunity to to excel and better themselves. And and that was really the, the pervasive thought around the state. You got it that people people are people and they, they want the same thing. But um, I did get lucky. And the, the kids that you mentioned earlier in the business, I'm in a way here at this point in time, I'm in a way. So, Hey, listen, I had a, I had a, someone, a New York times reporter once told me that she was doing a story and she was in some, some poor community. I don't remember where it was exactly in the Mississippi Delta. And she saw an older uh, African-American woman sitting on a porch and she decided she wanted to go over there and have a conversation with her. She said, how is she going to read this New York person coming in from out of town and, just just barging in on her on her patio yeah and she was very apprehensive about it and when she we went up the woman said do you want some tea she went inside got her some tea and she said sit here and sat in the rocking chair and became personal friends with her they're still friends today but that really tells the story of mississippi doesn't it well it, it really does it 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 cuts across all demographics and it doesn't matter uh uh economic strata, racial strata, it doesn't matter. If you take the time to look at people as people, this is a good state. It's actually a phenomenal state. And uh, yeah. I think your previous guest, uh, Kendra Simpson, mentioned Dennis Miller coming through and, and talking about, wow, what a phenomenal spot. We're here by choice. We moved here. Jane and I moved here by choice. And uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm happy. But, I'm but Dave, I think, Joy. I think, yeah, we talk about it from time to time. I even talked about it with the with the Speaker of the House last week. But the thing that's interesting to me is that we are in this such a polarized world today. It's sad, actually, how polarized we are. When when most people are somewhere in the middle, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, most people are somewhere in the middle, and we just sort of want to get along. Hey, let's not get too far from the point about John Kelly, okay. the 97-year-old World War II are veteran. We, 
Since, when you went over there, it must have been incredible. It, it, I mean, it, he was like a magnet. Kids, uh, women, I call him a chick magnet, just uh, out of sarcastically, because everybody wants to come hugging and kissing, particularly the ladies. And, and the little kids run up to him. But uh, Cindy Walker and I took him over. Uh, he, I'll tell you something, he loves her. She's a, uh, a warm person and, and spends a lot of time with him and does her best just to, to give him a, a, a coddling feel of, of life. And yeah. he is a phenomenal, phenomenal person. When I say his lights are on bright, they're probably on brighter than all of ours. And the conversation as he was going through the two-hour interview, they were questions he did not know. They were spontaneous, unrehearsed questions. And the interviewer, a guy, Ryan Bourgeois, at the um, at World War II Museum, would ask him a question, and they, they varied in topics from what was your feeling in this situation in the war? What is your feeling about this in society these days? I mean, it was just a, a whole spectrum of questions. And, and John would take about a second or two, and then he would give a seamless, unbelievably to-the-point answer. And uh, his recall is uncanny. It's, uh, it's, it's really a treat to just sit there. You're humbled when you're listening to him because his story is phenomenal. Here's a paratrooper, paratrooped into, or I'm sorry, parachuted into the Philippines to liberate uh, Las Bravos, one of the civilian camps that, uh, that the Japanese had. And interestingly, he said, you know, we would parachute from 500 feet. And think about that. You parachute and hope you shoot opus in the first two, 300 feet. You've only got a couple of hundred feet for your shoot to slow the fall. And, you know, these guys, um, they they put their life on the line, and uh, he said the Marines, the other night he was talking, he said the Marines actually had correspondence with him. His Army group did not, uh, but the Marines at, at Iwo Jima, when you see the flag being raised, were liberating uh, certain parts of camps and other things. That's what they were doing on a different island. It's just really interesting, but his story is phenomenal, and if you could get him on here, it would be not only a treat for Coast View, it would be a treat for anybody that has a chance to, to listen. It's, yeah, we're definitely, we'll actually, go, yeah, we'll, we'll, actually, we'll actually do that. Hey, one of the things that we'll do, uh, what a, we'll come back after the first part of the year. Your, your business okay. is, a because we're out of time, unfortunately, but your business is a great sort of barometer for commercial development and what's going on, not just in, not just in Mississippi, but in all other states as well. I want to come back and talk a little bit about labor constraints, material shortages, inflationary pressures, because your, your Federal Reserve experience, what your thoughts are about the coast economy, about the regional economy. Uh, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a couple segments. Where we're just going to focus on that. So I look forward to, okay. to doing that. Until then, uh, send my love to your family. Merry Christmas to you guys, and we'll see you soon. Sounds like a plan. Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Kyle. You bet, buddy. Take Bye. take take care. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.